Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are here on another NCAA championship edition of Kente Corner, all leading up to the Hoyas NCAA tournament game on Saturday against Colorado. Today, I'm joined by former Hoya class of 2019, Greg Malinowski, and current, I must say, fan favorite. Greg, what's up, man? How's it going, Bobby? Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. It's great to have someone that's played under you and get, get a little perspective. So, I know in, in normal times, you've been kind of a fixture at uh, home games. Obviously, it's not normal times, so no one's been going to games. So I just want to ask you, like, how much have you been able to watch of this season and particularly of this run? Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, when uh, I had got back from playing in Germany last year, I was at pretty much, I think, every home game, just sitting right behind the bench, which was kind of a cool experience because I'd never gotten to do that before, um, obviously being in college for five years. Um but then going back was it was great to see all the guys, uh, still keep in contact with them. So seeing them, getting to actually practice with them was great. Um, but then yeah, like you said, this year it's completely 180 because of all the COVID protocols and um, nobody in the gym. They're playing at McDonough now. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I I caught pretty much every game. I'd say um, definitely would tune in. I mean, they had a couple late ones on the East Coast, like 9 p.m. start time. So some of those I might not have caught the end, but been uh been following them all season and and I mean it's a great run they're on right now and excited to see where it goes no trust me as someone that tries and I guess I was successful in getting post-game pods the post-game pods after the nine o'clock home tip are a disaster so I definitely I definitely feel you there (laughs) I can can understand that yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so particularly for what they just did in New York City, I mean, from my perspective, and I know I'm obviously, you know, in it because I'm just so focused on Georgetown doing all this podcasting, but, you know, it just seemed like the Hoyas kind of were the big story in the NCAA. So from your perspective, yeah. they're the eight seed, you know, so they've got to go four and four. When did you start, sort of start to think, hey, you know what? I think they could do this. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I'd like to think of myself as always being like an optimist. Nice. Um, so I always, like Marquette game, I thought we could definitely win. The Villanova game, um, unfortunately, like Gillespie's hurt, but that's a great opportunity. And then you have Justin yeah. Moore, who's also kind of, he's coming off a bad, I think it was a high angle sprint. So he, he did play, but I mean, that was a great opportunity. Um, and it was one of those close games, you know, where sometimes in the past years we haven't closed out, but we found the way to win. And then when you get to the semis, anything's possible. And we played great. And then we get to the finals, same thing. Anything's possible, and it, it went our way big time. Um, yeah. Have you ever been a part of the game? Like, so you've played a lot of basketball from being a kid all the way up through professionally. 
I was referring to it as just stupid. I've never seen a 46 to eight run. Have you ever been a part of that? And hopefully you haven't been on the other side of that. Sadly, I can say I've been on worse. Oh um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, no, no, no. It was, it was like a third, third grade game. Maybe okay. my team, I think uh, <laughs> we were playing, we were playing a team a year above us who was ranked and they beat us 48 to zero. So, uh, Okay. They pressed the whole game, but that's kind of like a, a little funny story. But with Who, to... what kid is getting better after that? I've got a problem with that. No, coach. no, no. <laughs> the parents and the parents were not too pleased. They pressed the entire game, but hey, like I said, that was only like third grade or something. But uh, well, it's good to see we, that our... you you more than recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in high school, middle school, college. Um, no, I've I've never seen anything of the sort. I mean, truly remarkable. I mean. I'm, Never seen it. It's it's insane, um, and especially against a team like Creighton, who seems to always be hot, especially in uh, years past. So yeah, I mean that was that was awesome to see. So you know, a lot's made of this team because there was so much turnover, as you know. But two of the fixtures are two of the guys that you played with for one season, but you practiced with for two. So particularly Javon and Jamarco, like how happy you are you for them? Have you been in touch with them at all? Just sending like a congratulation text or anything? Yeah, no, I talked to uh, Javon actually after the game Saturday. Um, okay. I couldn't believe he actually answered because, I mean, I, <laughs> he's like, my phone is blowing up, bro. Like, I can't, like this is insane. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, bro, I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect you to answer. But uh, I texted both of them, too, because, uh, um, like you said, I played with them for one year and practiced with them for two. But, uh, no, I, I love both of them. They're both great kids, um, great guys to be around. Um fun i mean practice hard and they're finally reaping the benefits of those hard uh working four years i mean a little turbulent up and down but that's finally come come around from and then one of the big differences it seems from the post pause hoyas to the start of the season which wasn't going as well as anybody wanted to seems to be transferred chudier Belay. Obviously, he wasn't on the team when you were there, but you do have something in common with him in that you guys were transfers. Now, Patrick has told us that he was a little hurt, so obviously that would affect his play in the beginning. But just, you know, your experience as a just transfer, is it kind of a little bit, there's a little bit of like a feeling out period? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is. Um, definitely tough to transfer, especially, I can't even imagine with the whole COVID stuff going on, because yeah. I think they might have been one of the later teams or last teams to practice like actually get started with practice um yeah, yeah. so when you're a new guy in a new school in a new city with a new coach and new teammates i mean all that stuff is it, it's tough to grasp especially with the, all the plays we would have um to run and memorize and remember on the fly and just the style of play i mean going i think he's been to two other schools before this too so i mean similar to trey dickerson where he bounced around so much but he finally landed at Georgetown and it's the progression has been great I mean like you said he started out a little rough um I guess he was hurt like you said but yeah he's been absolutely killing it as of late and it's been awesome to see they've become such a versatile team and you kind of really can't shut one guy down you know they had four different guys lead them in yeah, scoring yeah, in each of the, which is just kind of like good luck on the scouting report right yeah yeah good luck <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by cars.com 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Patrick Ewing, you were part of his first class. You were one of the first guys to commit to Patrick Ewing. You did it as transfer. Now, we all knew Patrick could coach. I don't think that was a question. He wouldn't have been in the NBA for so long as an assistant. Over your time, and as you mentioned, you actually were practicing a little bit with them last year, I think, with Caleb and maybe some other guys. Yeah. Is there any area that you maybe have seen him grow? Because it's an adjustment. It's one thing coaching pros, another thing sort of coaching and leading a college program. Is there anything that you can look at to be like, hey, I think I think maybe like this is something that kind of changed a little bit over the time? Well, yeah. I mean, I've talked about this with some people. Um, I don't remember exactly who, but my first year, like his first year there, um, it was new for everybody. So yeah. even the guys like Jess, Jesse who had, who had been there, like it was, it was all new. And like I just said with Belay, like learn the new system, we all had to do it. So sometimes practices would go forever it seemed like I mean, it seemed like we were practicing for days um, <laughs> but then the next year kind of got a little bit more con- like condensed and and a little bit shorter and more refined as to what we were doing and how to prepare better um and then when i came back and practiced last year there were some of the guys are playing like 38 minutes a game so they couldn't really practice so it would be me and like the walk-ons doing like three on three or little like drills here and there conditioning because other guys, they, they were playing 40, night, 40 minutes a night. Yeah, Blair. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that adjustment, the realization of, like, these guys can't be killing their bodies in practice as well. Okay. But I think one of the biggest things maybe was just the adjustment from dealing with NBA adults to then dealing with high, or college kids. He just hasn't probably been around, or he, he hadn't been around um, that age demographic solely, I guess. Um, so I guess except for his I mean, own kids, to... which which as a parent, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm learning this that you can kind of you know it's you can act one way to your no, kids, absolutely. but then the other kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then when you're on the NBA roster, you have an collection of age range, um, yeah, and different unique people. But when you're dealing with 18 year old kids coming in as freshmen, trying to make sure they go to class, I mean, I think that's kind of almost a little bit of a not culture shock. That's not the right. I guess uh, yeah, it, no, a little bit pa- of a shock. Yeah, Patrick's mentioned, I think this year, particularly that you're not just a coach. You're, you're yeah. not, you know, you're not a father, but like you are like a part-time, like while they're, these kids are at your university, you know, and you're an educator. So yep. you're all kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Um, I mean, I can't imagine. Because <laughs> like, like you and I just said, dealing with all the class, the, the disciplining of, somebody's not showing up to class and what are we doing? Like, I mean, it's not even basketball at that point. That's not even X's and O's. That's, that's just distractions that you're having to put up with. But I mean, I think learning how that process works and, and growing from it, it definitely takes a little bit of time to adjust. I mean, I've never done it, but uh, you can definitely see from being that first year to, I guess last year, cause I'm not going to say this year cause I wasn't in the gym. But, yeah. Uh, it's obviously, it's obviously worked out and, the guys all, I mean, when I was there, everybody loved them. I loved them. I still talk to them. 
um, we text call here and there. Um, but you know, Greg, he didn't mention you. I asked the other day who reached out to him after they won the Big East tournament, and he stopped short. He said Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and then unfortunately he included your messages <laughs> oh, yeah. with the thousands of others. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, he's had uh, quite the interview train with uh, pretty much any and every um, media outlet. So they've yeah. kept him busy. So you brought up something twice now, so I it's on the bottom of my notes, but I got to bring it up to the top now. Can you, okay. would you have imagined last year if I told you, and I don't know what month it is you guys were practicing with the team. I know that, I think the Washington Post wrote about it. I think, I think Ava wrote about it, but um, yeah. so it was you and Caleb and can you tell me who else? And then when you do that, can you also tell me in that moment, the fact that you were called on to help your former college basketball team just get practices through. Could you have ever ma- imagined a year later they'd be cutting down the nets in New York and off to the NCAA tournament? No, no, I could not. It was, yeah, to answer your first question, it was me, Caleb, and Trey. Okay. Um, and I guess those guys were just passing through town maybe because they were only there when I was there a couple times. But then I was there pretty much, shoot, every day during the week for like, I was pretty much there the whole month. Um, maybe missed a couple, but I mean, it was a good opportunity for me to stay in shape because I thought I was going to try and get another um, job overseas or, or something. Um, yeah. un- unbeknownst that COVID was going to hit and then uh, absolutely shut everything down. So, I mean, it was, it was great for me to stay in shape, um, but also more so for them to be able to practice and uh, get yeah. into the games. Yeah, it's um it's crazy. So and then the last thing on Patrick here, just I've been asked about it a lot, but look, I'm not part of the program. So I ask you who played, what do you think Patrick is best at, at least, you know, when you were there? I think mm, that's a good question. Um I don't know. Like I was I was talking about the, the relatability to the, the college um like demographic, I guess. But okay. I think he does do a great job with that. Um because I mean his son, uh Lil Pat um he's you know he's what like 32 now so he's only about 10 years older than us um not even that for me but i mean he's still in the know he's still around the game um okay. i think just the command commanding the huddle um how he does and just his authenticity to everybody um he's gonna tell you how how it is whether you like it or not and he's not gonna hold back and that is uh i'd say the most refreshing thing with all these college coaches and and now, when when I was leaving school, talking to agents, I mean, it's a lot of what you want to hear as opposed to what you need to hear. And he is uh, going to give it to you straight. And uh, then also, I guess, falling back off, or falling, piggybacking off that, just the loyalty aspect of um, of the relationships I've built there and with him and with his son and, and everybody a part of Georgetown. That's good. That's It's really interesting and nice to hear. Okay, so the NSA tournament is going to be played, all of it, in Indianapolis. And from my opinion, Georgetown got the perfect venue, Hinkle Fieldhouse. For whatever reason, Greg, <laughs> Georgetown is just a monster at Hinkle. Six and two, even if Georgetown's having a, you know, a, a mediocre season and Butler is ranked and going to the tournament, Georgetown shows up there and just gets Ws. You know this yep. more than anyone yep. Your best game as a Hoya points-wise, obviously you, you're a very all-around player, so I don't want to just go by the box score. But, I mean, like, you were just unconscious there. You were 26 points, 
10 for 12 from the field, six for seven from deep. And, you know, by the way, it wasn't just that. You had seven rebounds, four assists. So what's going on in Hinkle? Yeah, no, it's it's insane. I mean, that's basically home court advantage right there. <laughs> I know, I know. So, yeah, no, I mean, that like you said, that was my best game. That was the most fun, or one of the most fun games to play in in college. Um, but, yeah, just the comfort comfortability factor I think going in will definitely hopefully give us a little bit of an edge um me and my brother are actually going out to the game so it'll be the first time I'm back in the building since that oh, game you're making it yeah 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 we're making the trip awesome um, I was thinking about maybe just suiting up full uniform in the stands in case uh in case I mean any, but... <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst idea you've had <laughs> yeah I was joking with Jagan because he's also going out with his dad I was like you know you want to you want to just Going full uniform? He was cracking up. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, I don't think we're going to do that. But uh, Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it, it should be hopefully a great game. I mean, I don't know too much about Colorado. Me neither. I know they got a great a great guard, apparently, since all that Jamarco drama. Uh, look, that, let, let me just tell that, you, I was on that call, <laughs> all right? Like, he was asked about, about McKinley Wright. And yeah. you know how, like, if you were, if you were trying to, to disrespect someone, you would basically do it in a way – of like, oh, do you know Greg Malinowski? And I do. I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Like, I'm just totally like, you know, mm-hmm. screwing with you. Kind of, but like, kind he of didn't know. Yeah. But then like a second later, it was the point guard. He was like, oh, that's all we've done in practice is work on him, you know. And then he was speaking yeah. well of him. And then Patrick came on and he was like, yeah, we got to find a way to. And, you know, so the guy from it was this it's this columnist from the Denver Post that is just I trying saw, to become yeah. part of the story, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just. I mean, I saw the Jesse Washington. I think that's his name. The guy yep. uh, who yep. helped write the, the the book for Big Coach, and um, he's like, just just the classic example of just twisting a young man's words mm-hmm. for absolutely no reason. It, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I saw the interview from Jamarco, like where he then um, was very like complimentary. Uh, he compl- yeah, complimentary of the player and. I mean, I don't know him because I'm not playing against him and I haven't been playing this year. I haven't been keeping up as much with college basketball as in years past. But, Even so, man, I mean, like, the, there's no yeah, way you're they keeping were going, track of every Pac-12 team. Yeah, and they were going through that exact player in practice. It was just it was just un, un, uh, needed drama. But, hey, I mean, I can assure you, Jamarco probably just doesn't care at all. He's just <laughs> focused on the game. Yes, so, I feel that way again. That's um, all that matters. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if you want to give a prediction or not, and if you don't, that's fine. But I'd ask you this, and you can give a prediction. But I ask you this: if there's one area where Georgetown does well, you know that would bode very well for a win. You know, so give a prediction if you like. If you don't want to be put on the spot, well, yeah. that's fine. No, no, I think uh, with anything, um, if you're shooting well or not, especially if you're not, I think when uh, you get riled up on the defensive end and really play aggressively um that'll definitely help turn any ball game so i mean if we're not shooting well and we're getting defensive stops and that'll help lead a transition easy buckets leads to um confidence and then the confidence to make shots i mean i think whether or not things are going well or not as well as we'd hope for um i think starting with a defensive end and rebounding and really strapping up and locking in um and that's that's the thing. Like that's what we've turned around and started doing a lot better. So I don't think right. it'll be foreign to any of them, especially with a guy like Dante Harrison in uh, 
Chuddy Herbelay, um at the helm of that, and Jamarco playing. I mean, shoot, and Q and Tim. In the, exactly. in the yeah, there's like a lot of guys down. there, right? They went from being like yeah. Pickett and Blair to a whole team. Yeah, yeah, and then you guys, or we got the guys coming off the bench, and um, I mean, it's just full defensive effort, and then we're gonna make shots. So I got the recipe for it. I mean, it's just execution at this point. So okay. it's exciting to see, though. Um, you mentioned you're going. Is this gonna be a road trip? Are you flying? What's the uh... Uh, flying. Yeah. Okay. Flying. Yeah. I looked, I looked at how far it was to drive to Indianapolis in case there was a way that Kente corner, I could make it there and it's not going to work out for this round, but, um, I was, yeah, it was so when, when George for... Mason, when George Mason went to the final four, when you were a kid, a bunch of my oh, friends drove out there, which is crazy. Was it in, in Indy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had uh, gone to George Mason's camp with my cousin growing up, okay. and uh, Lamar Butler was my coach. Nice. The year before or whatever, and then Father and Campbell like was like the next year, so it was yeah. kind of crazy to see all that. And then actually, they were playing in Kenner League, and yeah. uh, and then Tony Skin, he actually was a coach with my AU team, I think, when I was wrapping up high school, and then he's now with Seton Hall. And it was funny. I was like, yeah, back back when I was like eight years old, I played you one-on-one. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? There's, a, you know, George Mason made a coaching change yesterday, and there's a lot of Mason fans. Really? That would, yeah, they let Dave Paulson. Wow. It's kind of a situation where, and I like Dave. I cover a lot of Mason games. It's mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when a coach gets into the final year of his contract, you can't really let him coach that way. So you either have to part ways or you have to extend him. Because if I'm Got recruiting it. you, I'm like, it's like, and then someone comes in, hey, Greg, uh, Bobby's going to get laid off like in April or May. Like, do you want to be part of a program? Or, you know what I mean? So it kind of leaves yeah, you in a bad yeah, spot. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say, Tony Skin is someone that a lot of Mason fans are like, you know what? Let's go with Skin, man. Like, he's been at Seton Hall. I think he was somewhere else. And they're looking to go that way, which, you know, you look down the street at Georgetown. Yeah. And it's like former players. I'm not trying to say that Tony Skin is on the level of Patrick Ewing, but you know what I mean. Just an alum that I mean, is, you know he uh, he broke James Harden's ankles, so I mean <laughs> it counts for something. It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> let's just wrap up this pod, but let's give the people what they want to know. What's going on with Greg Malinowski? Um, first of all, actually, I want to start with your with Georgetown first, though. But um, okay. so you don't see a lot of guys do what you did in transfer after three so you you know you sit one to play one did you think there was a shot at playing immediately or were you just like i want to be a part of this no i did not i did not think there was going to be a okay. shot um i, I was convinced from the outside there was but it's good to know no no i was always uh assuming i mean i guess probably there was some hint of chance like in the back of my mind or we probably inquired about it i mean i know we i know we did um, yeah, yeah. But there was never really like a like, oh, we're going to get it, we're going to get it um, type feel. Kind of okay. like last year with COVID where everybody was granted relief. And that's actually a good point. Was was it hard to yeah. watch that and be like, hey, you know what? I had to sit there. I mean, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> it would have been great to play, but also I think that first year was a little, little tough. And with a new coach and so many people on the roster that could play and just figuring things out. I mean, yeah. it was great to get the year under my belt. Um, yeah. And I love Georgetown. So I, I was very grateful to live there for two years. And that makes sense. Be on campus and get to know people. So I thought it was only a, a positive thing. It's how it went, so I can't change it. So I'm not gonna harp on it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, 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 not like, not like. I'm not gonna 
Um, you know what I mean? I think or I'm yeah. not going to get upset. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just how it went for me. So I, I think it was good. I mean, I really liked it. And that second year we, we, we played well, we were the tie for third with yeah. I think five other teams. So, I mean, it was a good season. It was, um, could have been, could have been better. Definitely could have been better, but it was positive. And I, I mean, I loved the experience and, uh, senior year was a, it was a good one. It was a good time. No, for, for sure. And then, so getting back to that, the first year where you, you practice, and you don't play was that difficult i mean obviously for the first time in your life you mentioned your you know your your basketball game from third grade it'd probably been the first time in your life even though you were playing basketball that you weren't you know getting that game that everyone just everything goes in towards that what was that like yeah yeah well like the assistant coaches like uh well all of them really um but i just remember kirby coach kirby always being like this is your game like this practice is your game you you got you got to play like it's your game and that's kind of how i would take the I mean, it's a weird mindset to have, like, practice is my game. But, like, I'd usually be, like, the other team's shooter or score or whatnot in practice on, like, scout team. So that that would be, like, fun aspect that I just go and shoot whatever because that's what the Miles Powells would do. or the. I was just going to ask you, do you remember who you were? Were you, like, Marcus Howard, Miles Powell? Yeah, like, Javon would be, like, more like the Marcus Howard. Just, uh, I mean, if he was a lefty, it would have been, like, Javon. But then – okay. If somebody was hot one practice, it would uh like if I was hot, it would be me. <laughs> Javon okay. was hot, it'd be him. Okay. Um, but we'd also take turns. I mean, we had so many players, so we could sub out and get uh different guys reps. But uh, yeah, no, that I mean that was fun. That's kind of like what I did a little bit last year too. Kind of mentioned earlier on, but yeah, it was definitely a unique way to look at pra- going into practice, and then obviously suiting up literally in the suit. <laughs> for the games um, yeah. was uh, a little different because yeah. I never missed a game in college. So I never was hurt on the bench. Um, I played in every game. So that was the only time I was in a suit. Would you career. have preferred it to be this season where the guys aren't wearing suits anymore? <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it at all. I guess it is a lot more comfortable though with what they got going on now, but Hey, it, uh, <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was working a Wizards game a couple weeks ago, and that was one of the, it wasn't me, but it was an interesting answer. Someone asked uh, Tyrone Liu what he thought about it, and he was like, you know, I go back and forth, but it's way better to pack for road trips without having to pack, you know, like five suits, oh, and yeah. like the shoes oh, yeah. and the belts and everything. It's like, this is this is great. So, yeah. So, like we talked about, you were, you've been a fixture at the games. I must say, it's been easy to spot you as you kind of sported. Like, I feel like you were in a cat. I feel like, I don't know if it was like one game, but you got pictures that I think they made it on the wire. I think, well, I, cause I think you were just behind the bench, but you're in your caps mm-hmm. gear and you kind of a little bit of like a, a little bit of like a slim shady look. Blonde hair. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that, got that done in Germany right before, uh, I think it was on like December 23rd or okay. 22nd. And we had a game the 23rd. And I came home for Christmas. I told my family, like, don't watch the game. They're like, huh? They're like, what? Like, what happened? Like, they thought I was coming home for good. And uh, then I, I showed up at the airport and took off my hood and hat, and they freaked. <laughs> it was uh, it was the funniest thing. More but, of a uh, mom yeah. or dad? Oh, no, my dad didn't. He didn't really react as much. But uh, okay. my mom, my mom kind of yelled at my brothers and brother and sisters were laughing and my girlfriend was just like appalled at first <laughs> and grandparents were there too. <laughs> no, it was funny. 
I actually spoke to you after the NIT game. I think I asked you, I said, you know, Greg, are you going to keep playing basketball? And obviously it's your last college game. And you kind of gave the standard answer that I'm I'm actually going to be honest. It sucks to ask that question after a loss because I get it. Played sports my whole life, not at Georgetown basketball level, but, you know, I did. And so I totally get it. So you, you did play in Germany. What's going on with you on the court? Well, like I said, I, like I was practicing with the team and then with the hope of getting another contract um, yeah. with COVID, I mean, everything was shut down. So the hope was maybe like a little bit later and like kind of a more pushback season and then nothing really came. So I, I just kept working out, kept working out. Still I am like was hoping for the G League, but I mean, the the whole G League was cut in half. Like I talked to Ewing, he had reached out to some people on my behalf. I mean, with only fifteen, sixteen teams, yeah, a lot of guys in it were like some of the top overseas guys, former G League guys, and I never played in the G League, so I didn't really have that, um, I guess, rapport or history with those coaches in that league. So that was that obviously didn't work out. But I mean, I'd love to keep playing. I would staying in America next year would be great. If I could get in the G League, and I'll probably reach back out to Ewing once. I mean, hopefully we're all able to move past COVID with the vaccines rolling out and everything Yeah. by summertime. But uh, hopefully that means that G League and if that doesn't work out, overseas stuff's more opened up because a lot of a lot of places are still locked down and like with restrictions. So, I mean, it just makes it even tough for overseas leagues. And then, I mean, teams have lost sponsorship money, so they can't sign as many Americans or pay them as much. But a lot of guys have just been home, not playing, but uh, just waiting, which makes it tough. But uh, yeah, so I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, I actually don't like the term unprecedented times because we've just heard it a million different ways. But, (laughs) you know, it is. Unfortunately, like that is what we're dealing with. I have to admit, I don't know if it's on Twitter, Instagram. I've seen you work out or I've seen videos posted. And I don't don't know where this court is. I'm assuming it's not at Georgia. Looks like you've got like a Georgetown court somewhere. Yeah. So uh, actually one of the games I came back, I did like the halftime or not, not a halftime during the, one of the timeouts when they had the uh, layup free throw three pointer half court. And I did that. But okay. right before going on the court, there was a, a guy and his son who the, the dad had um, been to Georgetown or not been, to, he, he graduated from Georgetown. Okay. He, his son was in high school and come to find out later on, they had another son that was at Georgetown currently. He's a sophomore now. Okay. And uh, so I, I met them at that point in time at the game. But then one of the trainers I work out with, uh, Paul Easton, um, he's with Drills and Skills on Instagram and Twitter and all that and TikTok. And so he, he does training in the DMV area. He worked out with them at their house. And that's just kind of like a little side garage. They converted into a, a little half court. And so I, I got to meet them, go over there. Stephen Chung is the guy who is uh, is at uh, Georgetown now and gotten to become close with them, and we'll go over there and work out. Uh, Paul will come up and work us out, or I'll go over there, and we'll nice. just uh, do some drills and stuff. But, yeah, the, the court's sick. It's really Yeah, dope. no, I mean, like I said, it's definitely caught my eye. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I'm like, man, that is for real. Like, did the Malinowski's yeah. roll like that? Like, I was, is that, I was like, is, no. this, is, this, is this his backyard? I'm like, wow. Shoot, if that was my backyard, I'd be in there every day. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's – they live um, kind of in Oakton, so I'd say probably halfway in between here, where I'm, where my family's from, and uh, Georgetown. Okay, so, so then, Northern Virginia. And then, so that's what you're doing, doing on the court, trying to get back on. 
which we're all rooting for. Yeah. What kind of stuff are you doing off the court that you'd like to let everyone know about? Anything interesting? Anything noteworthy besides hair um, style changes? Yeah, no. I mean, right now my hair is uh, the longest it's ever been. But same. I haven't got a cut in a year. Same, same. <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, when I would do all the traveling and stuff, I I've gotten into like the photography, videography stuff. I I do that in uh, free okay. time, I guess. I've done like some some freelance projects through like Upwork, um, and then I got into like e-commerce stuff with uh, a guy I met over in Germany. Actually, never met him in person, um, which is kind of funny. But yeah. we uh, we've done some stuff with that. He's out of Berlin, and then I think his family's from Rome, or his family's from Rome. So that talk about lockdown being a little bit more serious over there than here, but right doing some stuff with him and that and uh and e-commerce marketing type stuff because my, my degree was in marketing so i always had an interest in that my mom had done that but then i'm kind of just taking and learning some stuff through like youtube online and then talking with other guys a friend in germany then working with another guy out in california with a couple projects so trying to keep busy trying to make some money here and there while i'm not playing but uh yeah it's been good that's cool so i have to notice i always get excited when guys from the northern region end up at georgetown one of my classmates did from like braddock back in the day back when you were just a young guy ramel ross but so when i look at chantilly i try and think so you, you didn't go to chantilly but my question to you and i've always wondered yeah. and now i've got you on on where would you have gone so i went to uh it's called freedom high school so i literally live right or where i grew up was right on the border of fairfax and loudon oh so um, like right there off of like 50 off like yep Yep, right down 50. Okay. So I went to Freedom High School my first year of high school. Then I went out to Middlebury Academy, which is the old Notre Dame. Yeah. For two years out of Middlebury, Virginia, it's a farm country. And then a full 180 to Episcopal High School out in Alexandria, which was boarding school. So right across the river from D.C. Yeah. For my last two years. And then, yeah, so I, I would not have gone to Chantilly because I was not in Fairfax. But Westfield is actually closer. And that was, I was hoping you were going to say yeah. it because one of my high school coaches, like Braddock, is out there. It's been the head coach there for a, long, for a long time now, Doug Ewell. It seems like it hadn't been that long, but it has been. That's how old I am. At at where? Westfield? At Westfield. Okay. Yeah. Coach. The name sounds a little familiar. I'm not, I don't know if I've come across, but it does sound slightly familiar. Yeah. So basically, right around when I graduated high school, Westfield opened. And then a okay. bunch of the Lake Braddock guys, like my football coach, became the AD and a lot of the coaches. So Coach Yule had been a – he'd actually been a football coach, but he mm-hmm. ended up basketball. And then he wasn't the first basketball coach they had there, but he is there now, and he's won a state title. And stuff. Okay. so I was I was yeah. going to wonder, and I was I was, I was going to text Doug and be like, how would you let this guy get out? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't have or couldn't <laughs> have, I guess. But uh, I actually had some cousins that went to Lake Braddock, so nice. quite familiar, but yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Well, Greg, this has been a really good podcast. I'm glad that you finally looked at Twitter again. Why don't you tell everyone like where they can find your photography and just sort of catch up with you? Yeah, so Instagram and Twitter is uh, G Mouski, um, G M O W S K I. <laughs> Hadn't been using Twitter up until about a month ago, so I, uh, I'm back. I guess retweeting, liking stuff, and reading stuff much more than I was uh, six months ago. But uh, Yep, those I guess are the best uh, places to find me. And, well, we, we and, hope uh, to pleasure. See, we hope to see you in the crowd. I know when Georgetown played out there, 
they did have some fans and i remember i was watching another butler game and i was just like god there seems like there's like a full house there are you going to be so we're assuming you're probably not going to wear your uniform is there a way that we're going to find you're going to be in that in that uh cap jersey oh yeah something bright i won't i won't have that i mean the thing is like i I, i'm getting the tickets from coach so normally they'd be like right behind a bench or at least when that was a home game but with the cold covid and ncaa march madness like protocols i don't know where like how close they're gonna have to fans sitting to the bench is it like 16 rows 20 rows like who knows so you might not even see any fans in the frame um which will be interesting to see but uh yeah so the game i watched at butler it was kind of like you're right if you're watching just the normal basketball you'd be like there's no one there but then when they would do shots coming in and out of commercials they'd show a wider range you'd be like whoa there's a lot of people there yeah exactly exactly so we'll we'll see i'll probably tweet out a picture but yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun a couple of the the managers that were there when i was there some of my best friends from georgetown are coming as well so uh it'll be good to see them now how long would you stay our flight is out comes back uh tuesday morning so we're gonna be there for for both both games okay and then possibly a second road trip (laughs) oh yeah yeah my my girlfriend was like, "Yeah, I'll come next weekend." Hey, hey, we we like her optimism. That's a great attitude to have. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know exactly. what? Hopefully, hopefully the Hoyas keep winning. But whenever this run ends, it'll be great to have you back and to find out how the road trip to Georgetown's first NCAA tournament game in six years went for you, for Jagan, on and off the court. Yeah, I mean, it was always a dream to play in the tournament. Sure. Um, growing up. We would have the four TVs in the family room for as long as I could remember. We'd find them, find a way to have it set up like that somehow. But uh, never got to play. Jagan never got to play. So I think being able to go out and experience it, especially because there's guys we still know. Exactly. I was going to say, like, I think it's nicer that you can be like, you're the kind of guy that Javon Blair will actually pick up his phone. I mean, we're talking all Big East tournament yeah. Javon Blair. I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's that's a big deal, Greg. He answered your call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he better. He better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool that's cool man yeah so enjoy your trip thanks for coming on kente corner and we will have you back to figure out how that road trip was everyone i want to thank Absolutely. you for listening to the latest nca edition of kente corner you can find us where you get all your podcasts i know most of you are listening through apple and spotify subscribe and listen today leave me a message let me know what i'm doing wrong or right and greg thank you so much thank you thank you